Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode number 73. How are you guys doing? It is uh, day 161 of my quarantine. The good news is there are fewer days between now and Inauguration Day than there have been that I've been in this quarantine. So that's something. Yeah, what's going on? How you been? Hope you've been holding up okay. I hope you are doing better than I am. That would be awesome because I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing pretty well. So if you were doing even better, that would be That'd be something fierce. Um, I was definitely stuck in a little bit of a rut last week. I'm not going to lie. I got really tired a lot and I couldn't stay awake and I didn't have a lot of energy and it was a little rough and I was trying to go to bed early, but it didn't really work. And so, you know, I was drinking wine and that didn't really help. And and then I would say about four days ago, I kind of got out of it. That was good. Had a burst of productivity, pretty good mood. Um, made the mistake of watching some news. <laughs> you know, it was a uh, primary day on Tuesday in a couple states and I wanted to see how like Ilhan Omar was doing in her primary and that whack job Republican woman in Georgia that believes in QAnon if she was going to win her primary and it was the same day that Biden announced uh, Kamala Harris as his VP candidate. So I was like, all right, it's a news day. And that day went pretty well. But then I kept watching the news for a few more days. And then, you know, all this Postal Service stuff, that was not good. And just sort of put me back into a little bit of a funk. Uh, I think I could have powered through that, though, uh, because I started feeling more awake. I'm not sure why I didn't start getting more sleep. And we had been doing our evening exercise every week, every day, <laughs> week. <laughs> and, you know, I always feel so much better after the exercise. We, we go up the steep hill in our neighborhood. And it'd be nice if I could do it in the morning, but it doesn't really work out. So we do it in the evening after dinner. And, you know, I was doing that. And I was feeling pretty good. But then uh, two days ago, I got hit with this sort of sinus infection and uh, it's gotten a lot worse i think it i don't know if it's an infection actually i just i'm getting intense bouts of vertigo and it is definitely sinus related i have a lot of bad allergies and i i, I went digging through a lot of the old archives old rock t-shirts to send some friends some old shirts and and i think that made it worse and i've just been sort of woozy my, my left ear is like partially deaf <laughs> that makes it sound worse than it is but uh I uh, can't hear anything above like 3000 Hertz. It's a little weird. And, uh, you know, when I blow to like pop my ears, they pop, but it's not a pressure. I mean, it's a pressure thing, but I can't feel anything and it doesn't hurt. Nothing hurt. I don't know. It's really weird. So I'm a bunch of Sudafed now. We'll see how that helps. Uh, another friend recommended Mucinex. I got some of that in the house. I will take that. So, you know, maybe it'll come around. It's not too bad if I stay seated down. Um, when I stand up, it's pretty, it, it, not all the time, but I've had four bouts in the last 24 hours. One of them was real bad. Like Emma and Jane were in the shower and I was like, uh, I think I might be dying. I should probably go in there and tell them to call a hot ambulance or something. And then I sat down and it really reminded me back, like in my drug days, I was sitting there and I was like, you ever taken a bunch of ecstasy? <laughs> And uh, the minute you can tell the trip is going to end, right? Like you're still feeling awesome and everything's great. But like just one imperceptible little notch, it goes down. 
I mean, you know, I haven't done this in over a decade. Don't get me wrong, but like, uh, you, and you're still, you know, you're still pumped full of the stuff, right? So you're still feeling awesome, but, uh, you can tell it's the beginning of the going down part, you know? <laughs> And even though you're pumped full of this drug that makes you feel really awesome, you're like, oh, that's a bummer. It's going to end sometime. And, you know, there's a lot of like interesting psychology behind that feeling, because rationally speaking, you should be like, well, I got like five more hours of feeling awesome. I should continue to feel awesome and worry about this later. But no, you're just like, well, I guess, you know, this is going to end soon. And then you make your peace with it. I've actually, you know, I don't don't want to talk about drugs. But anyway, uh, I always enjoyed that part. But my point really is that... um, the vertigo, it reminded me of that. I sat down and it was really intense. And then I just felt this moment where it was like slightly less. And I was like, okay, okay, this is going to pass. And it took like another five, 10 minutes to pass. It was a long bout of vertigo, but it was, it was after that moment, I was like, okay. So then I looked it up on WebMD and I'm like, all right, this isn't too bad. I mean, there's no like, you know, neurological, not really any sort of like, it's going to kill you kind of causes. It's all sinus. And I'm like, well, I have like terrible allergies and I was digging around in the dust. Also, why did I not wear a mask? I, like we have like a hundred surgical masks in the house and I didn't think to wear one. That was not brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, they used to tell me to wear masks for stuff like that. And I was like, who has masks lying around the house? <laughs> but of course, we all have masks lying around the house. So I should have worn a mask. That was dumb. It was my fault. I'm now going on the third day of feeling it. And hopefully it'll pass. Today's a little bit better. I haven't had anything as bad as that today. So hopefully we're okay. But yeah, I was uh, getting out of the rut. And, uh, you know, it felt good. And I want to get back. I want to catch that feeling again, man. I just want to catch that feeling one more time, you know, just one more time. One more high. The next high. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I've probably been drinking a little too much, but uh, conveniently, all my booze that I special ordered arrived. So, you know, we're in trouble. Originally, I had ordered all 12, I believe, uh, editions of House, uh, the Aperitif Company. They had the restaurant project. I know I've talked about this. 12 different special editions with 12 different restaurants around the country. Mama Fuku, uh, Marlowe Group, who owned Diner, my favorite restaurant in the world. Uh, so I had to try all those, right? So that took like two months and 12 bottles. It wasn't too bad. I was drinking maybe quarter to a half bottle a night most of the time. Uh, but I got through them all. Hey, look at that. And, uh, you know, I was, that was good, but now I've ordered (laughs) as a ride. Let's see, uh, a chartreuse pack with, uh, seven bottles of different types of chartreuse in it. Uh, the green, the yellow, the elixir and three special editions. Uh, that's six, maybe seven, uh, you know, like the, the millennial edition, the, I don't know, the special sommelier edition, the, the tw- I, I don't even know these crazy, like different editions. And then I, uh, along with that, I ordered four different Amaro Fernets. Uh, of course I have the Appalachian one I'm really into now, but I got like a Mexican Fernet. I got a uh, Vicio Amaro del Capo, which is like a cool Italian one tasted pretty medicinal. I got a Sfumato, which is a rhubarb based one. I really enjoy that one. And I got another hipster one, uh, Arcane Dill Stilling Company for Net Herbal Amaro. So, uh, you know, those all arrived as well as this weird Polish liquor called Konostavka that I knew nothing about, but I had to buy. <laughs> So <laughs> I don't even know. And then I got the Muay Thai and I got the Brazil Berg. I just got a lot of weird boozes now. I, I feel good about it, but I haven't actually, I've, I've got the drinking a little bit In the last week. I've been better about it. I have not been, uh, well, that's a lie. Last three or four days I've been better. <laughs> it's all my doctor's fault, man. He told me to like, you know, drink a glass of red wine at night because you have cholesterol and take this statin. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll start drinking at home. And so I blame him. I am going back next week. That'll be kind of interesting. Go get my blood tested for the cholesterol stuff. See if the statin's doing any okay, any good. 
And also, uh, I'm going to get an antibody test to, to see once and for all if uh, we had it back in March. Although, you know, I don't know if the antibodies last that long. It's been quite, it's been like five months now. But, uh, you know, I got to go in anyway. The full blood dry antibody test, my, my, my friends in the biz tell me, are the best ones. Uh, so, yeah, we'll give it a shot. You know, I think it'd be nice to know. I don't really know. I give it like a 50-50 chance. It was the weirdest illness I ever had, but it was not that bad. But we all got it, and we all had fevers. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll keep you apprised, maybe. Or maybe I'll be so embarrassed I won't talk about it ever again. Yeah, coronavirus, man. It's a bitch. Uh, UNC is back in session. So, uh, you know, the kids are back in Chapel Hill. I guess I'm not going to Chapel Hill anytime soon. There have already been two outbreaks, apparently, although there's a dashboard. UNC has a dashboard for coronavirus cases, and those aren't on the dashboard. So I don't really know what's up with that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, one more dashboard I doom check every morning, along with the death toll and the Hopkins dashboard and a bunch of work dashboards. I have like 20 tabs I plow through every morning. You know, I check my Netflix queue. I check out my QNAP's doing. I check uh, 538's latest polls. I check, uh, you know, the Senate, how the Senate projections are looking. I check a bunch of dashboards for work. Um, I check, you know, Hopkins. I check the bank balance at work. I check uh, uh, the New North Carolina State dashboard for coronavirus. I'm checking the UNC one now. I check and see how Fairbanks, my hometown, is doing. Because I'd still really like to go visit my mother. And uh, yeah, so Doom Dashboards. It's a good time. Speaking of mom and family in Fairbanks, my sister had her her son. Uh, his name is Lucas. It's very exciting. That's my middle name, so a good family name. Uh, he's doing really well. They were in the hospital for a while. He was not a preemie, but he had exhibited some of the characteristics of a preemie. So they had to keep him a little longer, make sure he could breathe well, and his heart was good and all that. So he's good. He's home. They're, they're having a good time. My mom is very, very happy. She really needs this since her husband passed away, obviously. Uh, I wish I could be there for him, but it's it's nice. It makes me happy. I'm glad they're, they're all doing okay up there. Um, I've started entertaining fantasies of motorhomes. They'll cross the border to go to Alaska and five places in British Columbia and Alberta, uh, which is kind of annoying because it's not really the most direct route. I would like to go through Michigan again, but I've been sort of envisioning if we are still in this crappy situation by like next summer, we'll get a motor home and we'll just drive to Fairbanks. Originally, I was thinking we would uh, take the ferry, but it's like 10 grand to put a motor home on the ferry. So that's probably not going to work. I don't really know. It's probably all fantasy, but, uh, I really miss my family and a lot of people are missing their family. And my mom really misses her granddaughter. You know, she's got this new shiny new grandson, to distract her, but she really likes Jane. And, uh, I don't know, man, it's, uh, it's going to be a year. It's coming up right on a year now that she's seen her. I've seen her. I saw my mom in, in February, but my, she hasn't seen Jane since, well, I guess she left here in like November. So we got some time. It hasn't been a year yet, but you know, I, I don't know what to do. Other people, a lot of my friends are in the same predicament. They, you know, they're like motorhomes, trailers, we'll drive and see our family and we'll stay. We won't do anything but drive through. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to do that, but it's really hard to get to Alaska. They'll let you do it though. I'd been researching you, you, they put you, they put a tag on your license plate and in your window that say how long you can be in the country and you just have to go, go, go. So I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. And then what do I do? Do I bring Janet too? Do we all go? All four of us? That's a bigger motorhome, but that might be fun. <laughs> I could get into it, but can I get the whole family into it? I don't know. A lot of weird scenario planning. <laughs> I wish I had a motorhome right now because, you know, then there's the whole thing with the election. If, uh, you know, we lose, probably need to hit the road immediately. Not that Canada's going to take us. Nowhere's going to take us. I had this brilliant idea. I'd buy a plane ticket to another country for November 4th or 5th. And if he won, I would just go. We would just go. And then we'd figure it out once we got there. 
but we can't go anywhere, so that's not going to work. Yeah, nobody will take Americans right now. Our passports are useless. It's kind of a weird feeling, and I'm super not into it. Uh, yeah, and then, the, of course, you know, there's school. We don't have a kid, but a lot of our friends are wrestling with it. <laughs> we don't have a kid. We don't have a school-aged kid. <laughs> Uh, so it's just a mess. It's a mess. America's a mess. The school thing is a mess. Everything's a mess. It's going to be like do irreparable long-term damage to public education. All these rich people pulling their kids out of school. And I mean, that's what I would do, but I still feel terrible about it. I guess if I keep paying property tax and fund my school district and I take my kid out, then I, at least I'm just giving money to the school district, right? Maybe I'll look at it that way. I don't know. I got three more years to figure it out, but I do not envy anybody in any part of the situation. The parents are having a nightmare choice. The kids are, you know, a nightmare choice. The teachers, the, the, the workers at the school, the janitors, the school board, everybody, nobody knows what's going on. Nobody can make the right decision. There are two cohorts with perfectly valid points of view, people that don't want to put their kids in people that need somewhere to put their kids because they need to go work and make a living and they don't have childcare and it's just a mess. And like the teachers are caught in the middle and my mom was a teacher. All her friends were teachers when I was a kid. So I'm very sensitive to the whole thing and it's just depressing, man. It's just depressing. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on from that. <laughs> Uh, the gardening's going well, more or less. It's not a pretty garden, but it's a, it's a giver. It's, it's, it's a grower, not a shower. Uh, I got the end rot fixed on all the tomatoes. I've been picking a lot of tomatoes. This is really nice. Uh, the cucumbers are done, but I'm growing some new ones in the garage right now. They're about ready to go outside. Uh, I got some good snow peas growing in the garage. The peppers are just giving tons of peppers. I'm feeling really great about that. Uh, I figured out tomato fertilizer, so that was really good. But the best part is I made like a two-gallon bucket of, of uh, squirrel rebound with massive amounts of capsaicin in it and i got one of those like pump action fertilizer sprayers and i filled it with the two gallons of the like squirrel repellent and i just spray down the deck with the stuff like you would do for like road like a you know insects on the edge of your house <laughs> i don't know if you live in a city you probably have no idea what i'm talking about i had no idea what i was any of this stuff when i moved here uh because when i had a house when i was a kid we didn't really have any uh you know there wasn't any of that stuff in alaska there's no rats there's no snakes there's no like weird termites we had none of that we had mosquitoes and that's about it oh man you know i hit do not disturb on five different ways in this computer but it's always something it's always something one moment Woo, okay that's fixed and now i'm wow i'm definitely feeling some intense vertigo at the moment it's kind of crazy uh yeah anyway the giant squirrel spray thing is pretty satisfying and it really works squirrels just don't like capsaicin man it's it's kind of awesome <laughs> it's so simple it's such a simple little trick took me three years to figure it out but one squirrel got one of my tomato plants you know they think they're trees i didn't really do a lot of trimming people like trimming their tomato plants and you know they're supposed to be tall and thin and not and mine are really bushy and i know you're not supposed to do it that way i, I learned that this year so you know by the time it was like trim the like shoots in between the like the l branches i was like uh well they're too big so anyway, my tra tomato plants look like trees, and there's one that's kind of like the honeypot tomato plant at the end of the porch by the stairs, and I do spray capsaicin around it, but like the squirrel went for that one, and there was a big branch, like half the tree, and he thought it was like a tree, and he could climb it, and he sat on the branch. I mean, I'm assuming this is what happened. He ripped the branch off, just ripped this branch off of this tomato plant. And I thought maybe there was a little bit connected, because they've done this a couple times before, before I learned the capsaicin trick. And, uh, no, the whole branch died. It was pretty sad. You know, the thing about the capsaicin is it rains. It's, it's kind of the rainy season right now and it's raining all the time. So I got to spray every day after the rain. I didn't do it today. Actually, I should probably go back out there and spray, but yeah, yeah, man, 
gardening, it really helps. It makes life better. I'm not going to lie. On my list here, I have politics next, but I think we're just going to skip right over that. <laughs> I already talked about the Postal Service. It's too depressing. Yeah, it's the routines that keep you sane. I'm still a big fan of routines. Uh, they really help. You know, I got my Facebook posts every morning, and I write my 750 words to myself, and check all those dashboards and then there's like a you know there's like a cycle of mini games i think i've talked about this like hands on a clock you know some games are five days long some games are one day long some games are two weeks long my pay period that's a game i'm you know paying off bills and saving money and every two weeks it's like ooh, exciting it's a pay period let's uh you know like within five minutes i get my paycheck and i pay off my credit card for the week and put some money into like my different accounts and I'm like, okay, well that game's done, but it gives me some excitement, you know, like checking out like Quicken every week, every day I didn't look at Quicken and catalog my expenses. Every two weeks I do this podcast. So that's kind of nice. It's most really, most I talk to anyone really is talking to you guys on this podcast. I mean, I do some Zooms, I text with friends, I stay in touch, uh, but you know, it's a little bit of a bummer. Some of the towns that are doing, starting to do better, New York and Boston, like people are socializing with their, each other up there more now, you know, and so they don't Zoom as much. It's kind of going back to normal. A lot of my friends though are in places that are, they're isolated. I got a friend who's all alone in Florida, you know, I got my friends in Wilmington, I got a friend in Texas, some friends out in LA where it's still not going very well with the coronavirus so they're all still up for zooming and the bostonians are but they do it sort of on their schedule now and a little bit later because they can see friends and it's just sort of like oh they're gonna forget about me again i don't really you know i don't really believe that obviously but it's, it's, it's a little sad sometimes but you guys you guys are stalwart mainly because i don't look at the stats and for all i know i'm talking to myself i know that's not true i talked to a fair number of you guys from this and it means a lot to me man thank you but you know one game I, I've, I've been recently obsessed with the last month is the taco tuesday fridge game right like Taco Tuesday is awesome. Obviously, that's a huge deal. You can't have two tacos on any other day. Somebody told me they moved Taco Tuesday to Taco Thursday, and I was like, I don't think I could do that. I'm very committed to Taco Tuesday, which is kind of rough because it's the day where my meetings go latest at work, <laughs> and I'm the dude that cooks it. But anyway, every Tuesday I go upstairs after my last meeting, and I'm like, all right, I got to get everything out of the fridge in one go because you know it's another game, right? Like trying not to keep the fridge open. My dad taught me this: like don't waste electricity, even if it's coming from the sun. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I'm like, okay, I got everything out. In the last two weeks, I've come so close to remembering everything. But two weeks ago, I forgot the garlic. And that was a bummer. And this week, I was like, I got it all. I got the garlic. Except for I didn't grab the garlic. I grabbed the ginger. I keep minced ginger and minced garlic in the fridge. And I was like, oh, damn it. Damn it. So, yeah. Anyway, Taco Tuesday game. That keeps me excited. All, all these games keep me pretty excited. And uh, I'm mailing stuff out to people. Yesterday, I, d I tracked down a lot of old shirts from like uh, the Cindy Talk tour in 1996, like all the, the people that worked with me on the tour. So my friend Catherine, my friend Megan, my friend Annie. I was like, they're all like, our Cindy Talk shirts are wearing out. Well, Megan on Zoom a week before had mentioned she didn't have her Cindy Talk shirt anymore. She still had her Bowery Electric shirt, which is a band that we toured with. And uh, I was like, oh, I got more. So I sent it to her, mentioned on Facebook. And then the other two people that were helping me on the tour were like, we don't really have ours either. So I went and dug those out and I dug posters out for them. And then my ex-girlfriend Jamie was like, I'll take a shirt. <laughs> I used to date Megan too. They were like two, like two girlfriends in the nineties. And I was like, all right, it's send shirts next girlfriend's day. What do you want? And she's like, I'll take a this mortal coil shirt or a Bauhaus shirt. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, I don't think I have a this mortal coil shirt anymore. If somebody stole that from me, but I'm pretty sure I have a Bauhaus shirt from the 98 reunion. You know, you know, I'll send that to Jamie. Like it's, it, it, it fits me, but it's a little heavy and it's, you know, it's hotter here. She lives in Wisconsin now, so it's cooler. And so I went upstairs and I was like, oh yeah, I found the Bauhaus shirt, but then I 
also found that this mortal coil shirt and i was like my god i didn't know i owned this anymore i could have sworn somebody stole it from me and uh there's this guy called a minor thread do you guys know about this uh he's like a dude selling all his indie rock t-shirts he's got and punk rock and metal he's got thousands of them right like just puts me to shame i got like four bins he showed a picture of his room it's like 30 bins anyway he did a big 4ad sale about a month ago and he had the this mortal coil shirt that i own and but i thought i had lost and it was like 300 dollars and I was like, Oh, I should really buy that shirt, but it was only an XL and I don't really fit into XLs very well. And every time I buy one, it makes me really sad because I can't fit into it and I feel fat. And this is even when I'm like at a low weight. Uh, so I bought a Tinder stick shirt. He had really awesome Tinder stick shirt from the first tour of the U S it was in double XL. And I saw that tour and it was fucking amazing. But anyway, my whole point is like, I thought I didn't own this, this mortal coil shirt anymore. And then I was going through the bin looking for a, a shirt for Jamie and I found the Bauhaus shirt and then I found this Mortal Coil shirt. And I'm like, oh my God, I did still own this shirt. I could have sworn I lost it. I've been like kind of vaguely bitter that somebody stole this shirt from me for years. But in fact, it's been in this bin for 20 years. And uh, so even though I just learned it's worth $300 because that's how much that dude was charging for it and it sold, it's gone. Uh, I'm just going to send it to her because she wants it. And like, it should just spark joy. It should bring, it should make somebody happy. And it's not really making me happy in this bin. Cause I didn't even know I owned it anymore. And I really like that shirt. It's the cover of the drugs. Come here. My love 10 inch in the backside. And it's just gorgeous. But, uh, yeah. So I sent them both to her. I was like, you know what? You can have both these shirts, Jamie. <laughs> so that was nice. And then there's the kitties. They're doing very well. Uh, we took them back to the goat house refuge, uh, maybe a two, like a week and a half ago because they needed to get fixed. They have gotten heavy enough and old enough that they could get fixed. So we got them fixed, but they had to stay there for five days before we could pick them up. So we made two trips to the goat house refuge. The first trip was the first time Emma had left the neighborhood since the first week of March. So she was a little disoriented. And, uh, five days later we went back and picked them up. And on the way of picking back, and we, uh, when we went to pick them up, we took a different route and we went through Pittsburgh and we went through the Bojangles drive through. Uh, but you know, it was interesting. We get to the goat house refuge. It's just the weirdest place. It's like a giant goat farm. And in the middle of it, there's a kitty adoption agency and there's just a hundred cats. They have like tons outdoors. And I've been there a few times now picking up the cats originally. And, and, um, but this time they're like, yeah, come with us. Come on, come on in, come on back. And like, we can go get a, get the cats. So they took us through the little room, the only room I've ever seen into the back. And it's just this giant area, maybe like a quarter of an acre with all these like sort of 50 gallon drums turned into kitty shelters and two, there's a male cat house and a female cat house and, and a baby cat house and an office to fix the cats. And Oh my God, the smell, it was so overpowering. It was just amazing. And there were so many kitties, just like hundreds of kitties and so many black cats. And, you know, Emma really wants a black cat again. And she's like, oh, this kitty and this kitty and this kitty. And we're sort of like trying to ask them. We met the woman that runs a cat cafe and we're like, Hey, like, how do we get these cats adopted? Because then we uh, want to adopt a different cat. We want a black cat from you guys. And you know, they don't really care. Like the fact of the matter is it's very clear to me. They care. Don't get me wrong. They care very much about the cats. But they're not going to tell you the painful, honest truth, which is what she kind of implied. She's like, well, if you want somebody to adopt them, you should find get one of your friends to adopt them because <laughs> it's like nobody's adopting cats. <laughs> We're going to have these cats for years. I can tell. It, it's fine. I like them a lot. I just wanted, we just wanted a black cat. And I had this whole epiphany. She was like, you know, I, I, I we had a black cat with Fanny and I just loved her so much. And I loved it. She's a tuxedo. And she's like, and I felt wrong to get another one. Like I was trying to replace Fanny, but then somebody else, a friend of mine, their cat died and they got another cat that looked just like her and they seem really happy about it. So I think it's just okay. We, it's just okay to get another cat that looks like your old cat. And I'm like, yeah, fine with me, man. Let's get another tuxedo. So, 
but we've got these four cats so we can hardly get a fifth cat in the meantime i don't really know so then they're like well you can bring them make an appointment and drop them off at the cat cafe and we are in business but i mean the cat cafe is in chapel hill and the kids are back and I, I don't know i don't know what to do but i like the kitties i go see them every morning and feed them it's nice it's nice you know and then Jane's doing well. She's uh, learning to spell and type. Uh, it's kind of nuts. She like, like type cat and she just says C-A-T. She can, you know, she can't read, but she's getting there. Janet is just teaching her constantly. I, I often forget Janet was a teacher before she was a therapist. So, you know, Jane's basically in school already. She, she can write, she can type, she can talk. We were doing the chores yesterday. We walked into the the dining room and she goes, quarantine Christmas. And I'm like, oh my God, I've ruined Christmas for you. I'm so sorry. You know, they've learned the coronavirus isn't really transmitted too much through touch. But I got really into quarantine Christmas. And also, I do the grocery shopping first thing in the morning. And I got to go to work the day I do grocery shopping. So it's just easier to leave the non-perishables in the car and deal, deal with them the next day or on the weekend. And most packages, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I throw it on the counter and I deal with it on the weekend. Because it brings me joy. And anything that brings you joy is nice, right? Like, so I still do quarantine Christmas. But now Jane associates Christmas with quarantine. And I don't know. Maybe I should stop using that phrase around her. Because I don't want her to, like, put it all together at too young of an age. You know what I mean? And she's getting better at saying sorry and thank you. And, and please. She still sometimes goes, no, whenever you ask her to say please. And throws a fit instead of saying please. And I don't really get where that came from. She does it with the space bar, too. It's weird. I'm like, okay, C-A-T, C-A-T. And she types in C-A-T. I'm like, space bar. And she's like, no. And I'm like, but you wanted to write cat bar or whatever. And she's like, I'm like, you need a space bar. You need to hit the space bar between the two words. Brown bear, that was one. She typed out brown and she wouldn't hit space bar. And so then I'm like, word, space bar, word. And then she thinks it through. She's like, word, space bar, word. Okay. And then she hits the space bar. And then we keep going. Please and space bar. If you suggest them to her, she gets very, very worked up. But yeah, she's doing all right. She's definitely, you know, getting better at self-control. Still fits, but she wants to, she wants to self-soothe and, uh, she's, she's quite lovable. Um, I caught wind from family members that they think maybe I'm too affectionate to my daughter, but fuck it, man. I love that girl. It's, it's like, she's my little oxytocin refill every morning we go like, so, you know, I get like my writing done before she wakes up and then she gets up at like eight and we have to like 10. Uh, we do breakfast in there, but also like the new thing is we go sit on the couch. I'm like, do you want to go sit on the couch and look at ladybugs? And she's like, yes, or like butterflies. And so I just open up Google image search and we just look at ladybugs for like an hour. And she goes, ladybug, ladybug. Ooh, that's a cute ladybug for like an hour. And it's just the best. And like, it keeps me sane. I'm not going to lie. Anyway, my media projects, they're still going. I'm still doing, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Uh, let's see. I did all those mixtapes. Like I went through all my old journal, handwritten notebooks, all my old handwritten notebooks. I pulled out about 20 other, 30 other mixtape lists, you know, and I made them into mixtapes. And then I think I told you this guy, you guys this last time. And I found about 20, 30 pages of old journal that wasn't in my journal in the bound version. So I typed it all up and I put it in there and I printed it out and I would fold them into the journal. So at last, after, after that, I was like, they were all on the printer and I went and started folding them into the journal. And I realized I had messed up. The 1988 journal was like labeled wrong. It was called the 1998 journal. And I did some weird stuff and the whole first volume was all messed up. It makes sense. I was just getting started on the project. I hadn't really worked out all my systems yet. So I took this opportunity and plus I just found like another 20, 30 pages of this journal. So I took this opportunity and I relayed it out and I made a new 1998 to 1990 volume one of my journal and I ordered it off of Lulu and they did a whole redesign of their cover designer. So that's going to look different, which sucks. But like, 
Uh, and then once that's fixed, I figure like I'm just going to suck it up and do it. I'm going to like fix the other three journals that I found new content for and just uh, rebuy them. I mean, they're only, you know, they're like 20 bucks each. So it's like a hundred dollar project, which kind of sucks. But, um, you know, so I'll just have them all proper with the new stuff I found bound into the journals. So that's that's a thing I've been working on. Uh, the QNAP was a whole giant thing, but it is done. It is very exciting. Round two of QNAP is done. It's awesome. So all the raids are working and uh, everything, well, not the time machine, but the cold storage and QNAP or the Plex are now backed up to Backblaze, which is like a cloud storage company. And every night it backs up the whole thing. It checks the whole thing. It scans for viruses every night. And I've been watching it very closely for about a week and a half now. And it's just working great. And uh, it's so nice. I was getting so stressed about the QNAP. I've swapped out the bad drives. Everything is rock stable. It's backed up in three places. I'm feeling really good about it so that's very exciting uh i got all those other old blue or 4k ultra high definition blu-rays listed on ebay uh rocket man john wick one two three and apocalypse now and i bought the revenant and ripped that to 4k and selling that on ebay too so they're all up on ebay all fully ripped and tagged and in plex i added a bunch of other stuff to plex the farewell the postman <laughs> somebody tweeted about the postman being an apocalyptic movie after war civil war and pandemic killed america this postman is trying to reestablish postal roots as an endeavor to bring civilization back to america and they're like what just watching it for no reason <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And I remember so vividly when the postman came out and I was like, oh, it's sci-fi. I want to watch it. I want to watch it. I was like, this is bummer. This isn't my kind of sci-fi. This isn't Star Trek. This isn't like futuristic, cool sci-fi. This is like, I was never really uh, like an apocalyptic sci-fi guy. I didn't mind sort of like dystopic, like Blade Runner, but I didn't like, you know, post-apocalyptic back to like uh, the Western era kind of thing. It really confused me when I was younger. And uh, so I downloaded that. I'm going to watch it again. Downloaded Gimme Danger because of my friend Og watch it. I've never seen it, so I got to watch that. Uh, downloaded Heavy Metal Parking Lot because I just kind of missed it. I think my friend Nick mentioned it, and I was like, yeah, we need Heavy Metal Parking Lot. And same with Sex, Lies, and Videotape. That's up there now, too. Haven't rewatched it. I did rewatch Heavy Metal Parking Lot. That was that was satisfying, man. That's a great That's a great movie. Uh, and then from Netflix, I put up Deadpool 2, Dark Waters, and Little Women. I want to watch them all. I just, I'm not really watching stuff. It's really... It's weird. I take great joy in, in archiving, but I'm not. I'm not watching, which is weird because the whole thing about like the the Plex and the QNAP has been like, oh, someday there'll be an apocalypse and we'll be in a bunker for a hundred years and I'll get bored and I'll need movies. And that's effectively what's happening. But I'm like, I don't really want to watch movies. I'm too depressed. So I don't know. I did rip Little Women yesterday, and I was sort of like, you know, when I rip a disc, I rip all the special features, and so I was like opening each one and hitting play on it to label it. And I was watching all these like making of documentaries and I was just like, Oh, I kind of want to watch this movie again. And Emma's not seen it. So I might make her watch little women tomorrow night or something. Uh, yeah, let's see. So then Jack slides, my uncle slides are at the place to scan. They said they'd be due this week and they've been just saying they're in the queue and they're not done. And it's kind of stressing me out because it's holding up my entire family photo archiving project. Cause I need those slides so I can make the rest of the books. I can make the mom and dad book, their wedding book, the dad book, and they're the ones for the family members. so I can have this set of books and give it away for everybody for Christmas. Um, Shutterstock definitely prints or Shutterfly definitely prints the books pretty quick. So honestly, if they come in the next week or so, I can really dive in provided this vertigo goes away but uh it's really frustrating it's one of the tabs i check every day because they're like here's your special link to keep an eye on your project it's just been saying in queue for like a month and i'm like oh the kodak box was quicker in the end and i feel dumb uh, but the big news is i finally started getting back into the four tra- track archive and uh 
migrating shit off of four track music tapes and the Tascam Porta Studio into the computer, into Logic. And I found the song that's been in my head that I wrote like in 1997 or so called Kill the Silence. And I ripped it into the into Logic from the four track and I did a rough mix on it and exported it. And it's, you know, it's not good. <laughs> I know it's not good, but I'm happy to have it again. And I also found like a rehearsal recording of my old band, the Rockets Burst from the Streetlands, doing a cover of the Jesus and Mary Chain Sidewalking that Og the Bassist was singing. So I sent him that, and I'm glad we have that. It's not the best performance of it that we ever did, and it's not a great recording, but I'm glad at least it was documented, because we didn't have a recording of that anywhere else. I also found a couple of interesting live performances. One happened nine years ago yesterday at KSUA Radio in Fairbanks, which is... Uh, me, my sister, her husband at the time, Paul, uh, those two were in a band called Sunbird Hand of the Man at the time, and their friend and my friend Dave Bird, the four of us played a show live at KSUA nine years ago yesterday, and I found the tape, and so I'm going to rip that this week. That's pretty exciting. And I found another tape, which is a, a rehearsal jam I did up in Fairbanks in probably like 93-ish 93 or 94 uh, with my friend Gavin Brennan and Jamie, my ex-girlfriend, the one that I sent the shirt to. We had a band together for like three weeks and I found a rehearsal of ours. And so those two, I thought they were four track tapes, but they're not. Uh, they're regular cassettes. So I'm going to break out the cassette player again this week and maybe tomorrow even if I can get the gardening done in time. And rip those. So that's pretty exciting. And plus, I can send them to like my sister and Paul and Dave and Jamie and Gavin. You know, I like to send stuff to people, stay in touch in this, this difficult time. So yeah, it's going well. I got really into it yesterday. I might do some more today. Uh, yeah, I was really excited about it. I'm, I'm, I've been thinking a lot about like mental blocks and I just had a mental block on getting back into the four track archive and it was really bumming me out. So I, I overcame that mental block after I got out of the funk and I felt really good about it. Now I've got this vertigo thing, but uh, actually, you know, I, I, I think I could do more of it and me, maybe probably not today, but uh, tomorrow gardening and more tape stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying, man. It's getting harder to stay productive. I'm not going to lie. I've had a couple moments of despair in the last couple weeks, but I think, I think I'm getting through it. I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be all right. <laughs> uh, music. Music was so much last week. I, I apologize for that. But um, this week, there's not a lot because what I did is the to investigate pile was getting really large. There was just so much stuff I'd only listened to once uh, and all that stuff I listed last week. And, and I was, I'm not making these mixes now for the daily mix. It's now Spotify mix. And, and so I just took all two weeks and I just listened to everything that I had already listened to. And I would gave it a proper listen, paid attention, filed it away, added it to any mixtapes I wanted to make to add it to that. I'm, I'll be posting on the Facebook post. And just get things organized, you know, and give every album a second shot. I feel bad when I don't give an album a second shot, you know? So that's what I did this week. Uh, I got through the last two weeks. I got like, got through all of it. it was, what, the, the queue was about 90 hours long. So it was not, not an in, not a small task. And I gave everything a second and third shot. And I, I, I picked my favorite tracks and I, I, I archived and, you know, like sometimes there'd be a single I liked in, in March and I kept it in there because the album wasn't out yet. And so now that the album's out, I put that in the queue. The queue again, you know, I, I grew it as I was doing it uh, with new stuff. And it is, let's see. Uh, it's about 30 hours right now. 
of new stuff, uh, but that's okay. It's all new. It's all new stuff. So next week we'll be getting into some new stuff again. I did listen to a few things. I did sell a few things. So we'll do the music section, but I just want to preface it that really music this week has just been second chances, oldies, new stuff, but second chances with it. And, uh, it's pretty satisfying. So if you are a Facebook friend, you will see these in the mixes as I post them. Um, and if you're not, you can just go to my Spotify and you'll start seeing these mixes appear. And, uh, yeah. So check it out. Also the starred playlist is public on my Spotify and it's got all the stuff I like of the year. So, uh, you can check that out. Um, I sold two CDs. Actually, that's a lie. I just sold another one. It's pretty exciting. I will write it down here. Don't want to forget that, but let's see. I sold Welcome to Mexico, Asshole by Pigface, the live album. I used to go see Pigface live all the time, and uh, Martin Atkins, the main guy, and Pigface, sort of the ringleader of this band. It's a super group, 20, 30 different members through the years. Uh, the first EP was called Gub, and it had Trent Reznor on it. It's where the original version of the song Suck is on, and uh, I would go see Pigface all the time at Man Ray and places like that in Boston in the 90s. And uh, just recently, Og, my old bassist and Rockets, I've mentioned three times now on the show, he's got a podcast and he just interviewed Martin Atkins on it like last week. It was awesome. And so I strongly recommend it. And, uh, you know, his, 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 his podcasting name is Young Southpaw. That's a sort of comedian persona that also has a podcast. Doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it's cool. Uh, but he did this interview with Martin Atkins and it was really great. Great stories about Boston, you know, in the eighties and nineties, Gigi Allen, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Cause he was in killing joke before that. And, uh, anyway, he had this band pig face and then coincidentally, maybe not, I bet not. Uh, Martin Atkins has been doing all these interesting talks during, uh, quarantine, and, um, so coincidentally, someone bought a pig face record from me and I was like, Oh wow, I've listened to welcome to Mexico asshole in ages. So I added that to the queue. I haven't really listened to it yet, uh, but it's in the queue again. And so that's cool. And then I sold a CD by a band called Kaiser's orchestra that I don't know anything about. I don't think it was mine. I think it might've been Emma's or maybe Tikva's I'm selling my friend Tikva's CDs, but, uh, I looked them up and they're like, sort of like a Scandinavian band that sings in their native tongue and got pretty big. And I was like, good enough for me. I'll check it out. So I added that album, their first album to my Spotify list to check out as well. And then just today, just this morning, before I did this, I sold a Saint Etienne box set for 180, $195. That's been enlisted for four years out of the blue. I love it when that happens. So that's very exciting. Uh, I gave the guy free shipping on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Box set. I just sold that. I feel awesome. Perfect condition version of box set. The guy will be very happy with it. Uh, got some vinyl in the mail. Not a lot, but a little bit. I got PJ Harvey dry reissue and the dry demos. You may recall, I just sold this. <laughs> like about a month ago or yeah, maybe a month, maybe a month and a half ago. My other big CD sale in the last in 2020 was selling the PJ Harvey dry with demonstration demo CD limited numbered edition. First pressing of dry from on CD from two pure in England for 250 bucks. And then, uh, they, I got their issues on vinyl. They're just gorgeous. First time the demos, dry demos have been re-released since that CD. They were only ever available on that CD. And I think the two, the two records together were 40 bucks. So like, I hadn't had a profit on that, like 210 bucks. I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> I did better with that than I did with my 401k. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then I bought Bobby Gentry's Delta Suite, just a beautiful double pressing reissue of that on heavy vinyl with an entire uh, second disc LP of demos and other outtakes. And I love Bobby Gentry so much. Uh, I loved her as a kid. I loved the uh, Billy Joe McAllister Ode to Billy Joe. And, uh, I would sing it all the time when I was young and I'm didn't even realize how brilliant she was. And I've been obsessed with her again lately. So I'm really happy to see that get reissued. Uh, I've been listening to it a lot this week. It's, it's really, really good. 
my friend Gareth sent me the video of Ride Live in London. They did a live stream last week. And, uh, you know, these live streams, I can't really watch them live. I think I bitched about this with the Nick Cave one. I really want to watch them. I want to support the bands. I want to get them money. But they do them at times I can't see them. And uh, the Ride one actually had a bunch of technical difficulties. And so they sent the file out later. And I'm like, well, if you just did do that, if you just let me pay you 20 bucks and send the file out, you got yourself a deal, you know? But uh, so I watched it. It was great. Uh, Ride is awesome. <laughs> really love that band. Have for decades. Uh, they're doing great on their reunion. Their new stuff is solid. It's not quite as good as Slow Dive, but uh, they win on prolificness because they have two albums out since they got back together. So uh, yeah, really into the new. Well, not that. I really enjoyed that live stream. It was really, really good. Then there's a new act signed to 4AD. They tweeted out. They're like, hey, we signed this new act to K Mazda. Mazda. Last year was weird. Volume 2 is the name of the album. I'm like, I don't know anything about this person, but they signed to 4AD. And I know 4AD is not what it used to be, but that's even better because it's diverse. I don't know what it'll get. And so it was this really cool sort of weird hip-hop album, and I really liked it. And uh, I've only given it two listens, but I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I have, like, mixed feelings about the new 4AD, right? Like, it's super, it's just basically an arm of the beggars group now. And it's Baker's Banquet with like other bands on it, but some of those bands are really good and they don't really belong on the old 4AD, but that's okay. It's just a different thing, you know? It's still kind of a worthwhile signifier. If somebody signed a 4AD, it's worth checking them out. I still think that's true. You know, it's not it's not the, the, the 4AD of yesteryear, especially with Vaughn Oliver gone, Ivo hiding off in the New Mexico desert. I wonder how he's doing. I wonder how Ivo's doing. When I went to Meow Wolf, I met all these rich hoi polloi arty people from Newton, uh, from Santa Fe, went to the Meow Wolf Investor Conference, and I was at this dinner with these art people, and I was like, do you guys know this man, Ivo Watts Russell? And I showed him a picture because I'm just a fucking weird 480 stalker. And they're like, yeah, we know that guy. It was like talking about Ben Kenobi, like, oh, yeah, old man lives out in the woods, kind of weird, <laughs> out in the desert, kind of weird. But he comes into town, he seems nice enough. And I was like, oh, my God, you see Ivo. And a friend of mine just this week was like, I'm moving to Santa Fe. I'm packing up my car and driving to Santa Fe. I was like, keep an eye out for Ivo Watts Russell. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not well. Uh, anyway, uh, that was where <laughs> I don't know where I'm. Oh yeah. Anyway. So, um, Tike Maidza, this is a good record. I'm really into it. And then Aaron Perino, my old friend, ex-barbarian, uh, main man in the band, the Sheila divine put out, uh, some home recordings, new ones called dystopian dreams. And, uh, you know, Sheila divine's pretty successful band. So you generally, you know, he's still in Boston and we know everybody in the rock scene in Boston. So Sheila divine can still record in studios, real studios. And this one, Aaron was like, I'm going to try doing some home recordings with this. And, you know, you can tell their home recordings, but like in one way that made me feel better that my home recordings sound like home recordings, uh, but also like, they're still really good. And it was really awesome. And I strongly recommend it. dystopian dreams. It's called, uh, you could tell a little bit about the topic from the name and the world we live in, but yeah, Aaron Perino's new record. It's pretty solid. And then I listened to the microphones in 2020. Uh, yeah, man, what to say about Phil Elvernum? He's been slowly creeping up on me for a year, maybe two now. And that first time I listened to uh, a crow looked at me from his other band, Mount Erie. I was like, this is terrible. This is the worst music ever. But I kept listening to it. And then he put out a live album and I was like, I'll give it a listen. And then I became obsessed with the live album. And then I learned more about him and I learned about his old band, the microphones and how they tied into K records. And, and, you know, remember I mentioned the last week, I listened to that new Calvin, not new, this is Calvin Harris CD that they sent me for free from K records. It's about 10 years old. And you look in the liner notes and there's Phil Ilvernum working on it under his name, the microphones. And, 
So then I got really into the microphones, as you know, and then coincidentally, just this month, the way he, Phil Ulvernum has got the microphones back together, and instead of doing a Mount Erie record, he did a microphones record, and it's called The Microphones in 2020, and it's sort of this look back upon his life, and it's beautiful. It's one song, 45 minutes long, it's an album-length song, and he talks about like his his upbringing and discovering music and discovering love. And it's, it's melodic and it's, you know what it is? It's everything that like Mark Kozlik wants to do, but doesn't, which is a cold, hard thing to say. But also this week, Mark Kozlik has been, uh, there's a big long article in pitchfork, uh, outlining several episodes of sexual misconduct. Uh, I think we have degrees these days. We have rape and then sexual assault and then sexual misconduct, but it's definitely not cool shit. And uh, I think we all kind of suspected he was probably like that. And I was hoping it wasn't the case because I, I found his lyrical sort of like meandering terrible these days, but also oddly compelling because occasionally there's something great like Benji. But I'm free, man. I'm free. I'm free of Mark Kozlik because just in time before his downfall, I have discovered the microphones and they've put out a new record. So Phil Ulvernum, save me. I know you're a good human being and I can I can put my faith in you as the good man I need to look up to in my life, even though you're younger than me. <laughs> but, you know, it seems to have worked out. So I'm jumping ship. From, from Mark like to the microphones to Phil Ulvernum. Uh, I listened to Onatrix Point Never, an older album called R Plus 7, because my friend Nikki sent me a song, and I was like, yeah, this song really hits the spot. I was laying in bed, it's bedtime. And then I was like, I'm just going to listen to the whole record, and so I did. And uh, I've always given Onatrix Point... Uh, uh, point <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Onatrix Point Never. I've always... How do you... OPN? Uh, whoa, OPN, like in The Expanse. Anyway, I've always like listened to their records and given them a shot, but I felt like I really connected to this one today. Uh, it was last week, but you know, R plus seven. I really enjoyed it. And then the last few days I've been listening to hundred gecks. Do you guys know about them? That's so in my queue when I was doing everything way earlier in the year, I think January, they put out this remix of a song of theirs called ringtone and the remix had Charlie XCX on it. And that's how I first heard of hundred gecks in January. And I really like this uh, ringtone song. It's been sitting in my playlist all year. And I finally, as I was cleaning it out, I was like, oh, okay. So the album for this actually came out last year and there's also a remix album out. So I put both of them in my playlist back to back hundred gex. Uh, the album is called a thousand gex. And then the remix album is called thousand gex and the tree of curiosities. And I put them back to back and I just listened to them nonstop for the last two days. It's like Lords of acid meets like glitchy eight bit Atari kind of music chip tunes. Uh, I can't explain it. It's everything at once. It's like pop and it's like deep rave and it's like happy hardcore and it's like glitch and it's just weird. And, and then I read that like the, the woman in the band, like one of her influences was cannibal corpse. And you can actually hear that in it. There's like noise and metal in it. And it's just so weird. And I'm just very compelled by these two albums by hundred Gex. I've been listening to them a lot in the last week and that's it. Those are all the albums I listened to this week. Seven albums, a couple singles. Uh, there's a cool electronic dance thing that's been in my queue forever 0171 they had three singles automatic follow and photograph they're all on spotify and i really like them it's kind of cool laid back electronic dance Og sent me a new single by this band he loves called the indelicates it's called savages and it's awesome i've been listening to that a lot on repeat i listened to that on repeat when i was digging through the t-shirts yesterday and then uh anohi formerly known as anthony of anthony and the johnsons has a new double single both covers it's all over now baby blue and be my husband and i've been listening to it's all over now baby blue a lot 
Speaking of which, sort of, this morning when I was gardening, I was listening to Tangled Up in Blue while gardening, and it was just a beautiful moment. Um, when my sister last visited, we all drove to Charlotte to see Bob Dylan at the Symphony Hall, and, you know, he changes his songs a lot, and I didn't recognize a lot of them, or I recognized them, but I didn't like their versions. But then out of the blue, in the middle of the whole thing, he did this just gorgeous rendition of Tangled Up in Blue, which was never my favorite Dylan song, and I'm not even, like, a huge Dylan fan, although I really like the new album. But, uh, you know, it's just Tangled Up in Blue. I'm really into it now, and you know, listening to it this morning with the rooster crowing while I'm pruning shishito peppers and i was like yeah man i'm just such an old man this is awesome scooting around on my little garden scooter on the porch <laughs> i was like i might as well be 70 years old here yeah tv uh i finished that warrior nun show was that before uh, yeah anyway i finished it the ending was dumb i don't know why i watched it i enjoyed it all i didn't like the ending it's like they ended it at the exact wrong moment they could have ended it five minutes earlier or five minutes later and it would have been fine but they just picked the wrong moment uh, whatever it was fluff and then we're still watching the great or we haven't actually just we just haven't finished it you know we haven't been watching a lot of tv I've been back on watching Civ live streams. I've been watching Potato McWhiskey again. He was my original Civ, Civ live streamer before I switched over to the game mechanic. Uh, but he's, I like his format better. He does a little editing on his videos, and they're in 30-minute chunks instead of two-hour chunks. So, like, I can watch one after we put the baby down. I come downstairs and watch one while Emma sort of, like, deals with her shift with the cats and all that. It's just It just works better. And, you know, the, he edits them so they're a little bit quicker and a little bit more snappy. I'm not playing Civ at all. I'm just sort of watching them occasionally. And then movies, we watched the Beyonce Black is King movie. Uh, I, I, I thought I had talked about this this last week, but when I looked on the, the topics list, it wasn't there. But that was interesting. Uh, it was, I'm not, I mean, I get it and I don't simultaneously, right? Like, I, 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 uh, I'm always in awe of her art, but I'm always hyper aware of her privilege and wealth and how much you know, money she has to make this art. But then I'm like, so what? Lots of people have lots of money and they don't make awesome art with it. And like fashion is not really my bag, but like her fashions in there are fucking amazing. And I just love how she employs all these amazing people. And, and two of my ex employees work for her now and, and they're both in the credits of it, which was really awesome. So I feel great for them. And uh, all in all, I think it was very impressive. And it was, you know, it's probably weakest link was the fact that it was, had to be associated with the Lion King. So it was a little maybe confused about gender and royalty because royalty is not really a good thing. You know what I mean? But uh, all in all, I, I think it was a very, very impressive work of art. And then we watched the second of the Mike, Mike Birbiglia specials. Somebody told us some, a while back we should watch them all in order and we've been slow about it. And so we really watched the second one, but it was funny and it cheered me up for a day. Honestly, I should probably watch one tonight. I could use some cheering up. I could use some cheering up and that's about it. Work is going well. There's a ton of stuff going on with work. It is intense and I can't really talk about any of it with you guys yet. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, there's been some stressful negotiations. There's some like unexpected stuff going on with Apple. There's, you know, nothing's bad. Everything. It's just, it's a, may you live in interesting times kind of thing. Right. Uh, I'm hoping one day I can talk to you guys about it all. It'll be kind of nice. And I'm taking diligent notes and it could turn out to be kind of an amazing thing. And there's definitely some interest there. It's, it's some days it's hard to have a job. Other days you're profoundly thankful for the distraction. I give myself like a B plus this week. I stayed mostly on it. A lot of sort of, you know, I, I spent a lot of time talking to lawyers. I talked to a lot of lawyers and I talked to a lot of other people talking to lawyers and, and, uh, 
some days it gets to you, but this week I was into it. I was like, yes, I will just focus on finance and law and operational stuff. Uh, and uh, you know, a lot of companies, including ours are about to go into open enrollment with their insurance. So that's a whole thing as well. I don't have an HR director. I'm also the HR director. So we got to deal with that this week. Uh, yeah, it's, it's intense, man, but it is a welcome distraction, I think by and large. And then I've been starting to think about a second album. I think I have like a unifying concept. And so I've been listening to, some of the stuff I did after the first record, like I, I, I knew, I knew I was like, I'm being productive. Just get a bunch of stuff down while you're thinking about it, man. So I have like seven sort of started ideas for a second record. And I've thought of two more that I want to do. Uh, they're covers. These two, one of them might not turn into a cover in the end. And, um, also, I just like, I sort of hummed out the other day, another melody for another one. So there's stuff there. And I, I kind of have like a, an idea for an angle on it. And, uh, that's as far as I was, I was going to start working on it yesterday or Thursday. I took Thursday off. Um, but instead I did the four track stuff. I was like, man, finish your other projects first, man. Just get that four track. Go find kill the silence. It was a great song. Man. And so I did that instead, but I'm getting closer. I swear to God, I'm getting closer. The big feeling is I still haven't started anything on the Japanese translation track, but I'm going to write the essay, uh, the translator asked me to write a Japanese only essay for it. And like, that's been actually the, uh, the stumbling block because Picard came out so I could write about Picard. Right. And that's something that's interesting. Cause we've seen now a little bit further into the future in the Trek universe, but also like I have to recognize what's going on in reality is getting further and further away from the sort of Trek universe. And I have to like explain that. And you know, it's not undoable. They had this thing called the eugenics wars and Trek, like Trek knew it was had to get worse before it gets better or they, they, they believed it. I don't necessarily believe it, but, um, you know, it just seems like it might be a really depressing essay. And until I get the essay done, what's the point? It shouldn't be that hard to flow the book into like seven by, you know, what is it? Five by seven PDF to send off to Kindle. I don't remember. I got to relearn it all. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that's actually part of the obstacle. I have to relearn how to like publish a book on Kindle. It's work, man. It's like a lot of like complicated, weird rules and obscure systems. And I got to reload that part of my brain in there and I'm just kind of avoiding it. But that's how I was with the four track thing. I was like, Oh man, you got to like, remember how to use logic and all these compressors. And you got to like, remember how to like, uh, you know, use a task and port studio and you know, all these things, but it's not in your forward part of your brain. You got to reload it from the archives and it's just what it is work, man. But I'm trying to overcome those things. And if I wasn't stricken with about a vertigo right now, I think I could probably do it. So hopefully this week, hopefully by the time you and I talk again, I'll have at least written that essay and preferably flowed the book as well. Here's hoping, right? Here's hoping. So that's it for this week slash two week period. And I need a name for that. I'm just going to keep using week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I know I talk too fast and plowed through stuff, but it really helped me just to like babble it all out. You guys are, it means a lot to me. It helps me out, you know, and it's been a little bit rough. So thanks a lot. Hope you guys are doing all right. Talk to you soon.